right, this is Darker Days Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Mike, and tonight I'm joined by Chig. How's it going, Chig? Pretty good, Mike. How you been? Oh, man, I've been doing doing great. You know, it's been a while since uh, the two of us have been on a show. I don't think it's... I don't think we've both been on a show since uh, 2020. That's far too long. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Uh, we've got a really exciting episode tonight uh, talking about... Well, I mean, it's it's a heck of a find. This is this is probably one of the most epic episodes of Dark Days Radio ever. You know, culminating after um, just about twelve years of this, we've really we struck gold, and uh, we cannot wait to share this game with you tonight. Do you want to get right into it, or do we have some news first? Uh, well, I mean, I'm, yeah, yeah, we have we have our news, but also just like a game update. So, Chig, what kind of gaming have you been doing lately? Well, uh, my local gaming group uh, we're still meeting remotely of course for covid safety uh but we recently wrapped up a uh fate of cthulhu game which was a pretty fun system um and uh then uh, our newest member decided that she wanted to run a game so she ran a uh a game of um oh man what was it called not kids on bikes what's the other one that same 1980s nostalgia tales from the loop tales from the loop she was a first-time GM, and she was surprisingly good at it. I don't think she listens to the show, but uh, that's fine. Not all my friends have to. Just my real friends. Um, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and give her some praise here, because, you know, first-time GM, she needs, you know, everybody needs a little praise, good positive feedback, and she did a wonderful job. So Awesome. Outstanding. That's great to hear. That's great to hear. And do you like that system, uh, Tales from the Loop? It's used for a lot of the uh, free leak games, isn't it? Uh, I like the system. I'm not super impressed or won over by tales from the loop um as a child of the 80s i don't have a whole bunch of uh faux nostalgia for how awesome it was mm. but it's a it's it's fine it's it's good at what it does and it does what it says on the tin so hey there you go awesome awesome good stuff and moving on from the game update let's cover a little bit of gaming news <laughs> And I think the only news that we really want to cover is Victorian Mage. So, Chig, what's going on with that? Victorian Mage, unlike uh, all of the previous Onyx Path crowdfunding, uh, was moved over to Indiegogo. Mm. Um, I'm, they have reasons for it, but we're not going to get into that here. It has been wildly successful uh, at the time of this recording with two days left. Sorry if you're listening. Uh, I believe the campaign is over by the time this goes up. Uh, they're sitting at $92,000 and is and they're currently working on uh, their next stretch goal. So, I mean, it's for a, a, a niche product for a, a, a small, you know, you know, historic timeline setting for a not vampire game coming from Onyx Path. I think it's doing surprisingly well. Yeah, it definitely is. And we've talked to uh, quite a few writers before who have mentioned that um, with World of Darkness historic games, they usually didn't sell well, except for Dark Ages Vampire. So it's really exciting to see this uh, be so successful. And I think that comes down to the fact that um, it does a lot of things really, really right. You know, it isn't just a... Uh, you know, a steampunk cash grab. Not that steampunk's really much of a thing anymore. It's its own very unique uh, and interesting analysis of what Mage would be like in the Victorian era. and goes into a lot of depth, not just only, uh, you know, about the traditions, but also the order of reason as well. Right, the uh, the not yet the technocracy. Correct, correct. So, cool. Uh, it also has a, a whole entire chapter on um, the crafts, the disparate, mm -hmm. 
and uh, there there's some in there that I haven't seen get write-ups before anywhere. So looking forward to that. Yeah, so it even has new stuff. Awesome. Good. So, Jake, let's move on over to the world of darkness. So, today, Darker Days listeners, we're going to discuss the White Wolf game, Alien the Hidden. Now, Alien the Hidden was being developed uh, to be the new World of Darkness game for 2004, but it was cut due to the end times. They ended the whole World of Darkness, they scrapped the game line, never saw the light of day. Now, as some listeners may know, uh, I personally am very much online. I'm there 24-7. I see in the Discord, chat with me there. I have contact with a lot of game designers and developers, both from old White Wolf Studio days and other companies. Not a brag, just, you know, giving you a little backstory here. Anyway, I got a DM on Twitter from a person who worked at White Wolf in the early 2000s. Not going to name any names here, since technically this manuscript shouldn't have been made public even, you know, going on 20 years later, and I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But I know that you listen to the show, and this one's all for you. Yeah. So, like I said, got a DM from a game developer in the early 2000s telling me about a game that White Wolf proposed to tie into the end times. Not Demon, not Hunter, not something that would become either of those. A new game that would take the world of darkness outside of what we had seen before and make it a game of not just personal horror, but a game of cosmic horror. That's right, listeners. Alien the Hidden is the title on this manuscript. Mike and I have both read it, and we're going to tell you why it could have been the greatest White Wolf game of all. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We're really excited to be talking about this tonight. Um, and, you know, we had, we've had this for a little while. We had to wait for the right time, and I think that's now. Um, and before we share this with you, uh, our lawyer did advise us to make a few like blanket statements. Um, so this content is not covered by White Wolf's Dark Pack Agreement and is being discussed for review, education, and parody purposes under international fair use laws. Uh, no, we cannot post the manuscript on the Dark Days website uh, since this would violate Paradox's copyright. And um, we, we did actually find a grainy draft cover artwork for Alien the Hidden on the uh, the Wayback Machine, actually, going through the old, old White Wolf website. Um, so we're currently consulting with legal to see if we can actually share that. Um, but yeah, let's actually just talk about this game. Let's just dive into this, because this is really exciting. So what is Alien the Hidden? Alien was supposed to be the 10th modern World of Darkness game line, or I guess maybe 11th if you count Orpheus. And yes, you'll be playing as extraterrestrials. The Hidden refers to a loose organization of social anarchist extraterrestrials residing in our solar system. They oppose the Hegemony, an intergalactic organization that conquers and oppresses sentient life forms. A clique of the Hidden found Earth in the 1890s, just as the Second Industrial Revolution was, and more importantly, the spiritualism and spiritualist movements were kicking into high gear. Now, the spiritualism movement is important because it showed humanity's potential to the hidden. The various forms of extraterrestrials are psychic beings. Many can communicate without talking or uh, need of a like translation or translating languages. 
And they saw uh, through this movement that mankind was finally developing into a psychic species of their own. However, psychic power uh, wasn't you know, exhibited evenly. Some people have tons of noumena, while others have none and have never even seen anything supernatural in their lives. So the hidden clique reported back and others arrived, setting up staging grounds on Earth and Mars. Uh, they monitored humanity, studying them, and trying to uplift those that showed latent psychic powers. Then, in July 1947, everything changed. A hegemony long-range exploration vessel crashed in Roswell, New Mexico. And it was only a matter of time before a you know, hegemony recovery fleet would arrive. And to make matters worse, the U.S. government was now aware uh, that there were aliens among them. So Alien the Hidden assumes that you play members of hidden cliques, but there are a number of uh, hegemony cliques operating in kind of like a shadow war against them following the Battle of Pluto in 1999. Uh, there's also a third pseudo-faction that exists made up of members of the True Faith, a cosmic religion uh, amongst the extraterrestrials that seeks to replace all cultures and beliefs. So, you know, that's all pretty cool, but what's the point? Like, where's the horror in this? Where's the World of Darkness game? Because, um, you know, we've we've seen Chig some other games like Dark Ages Fae, where they're just kind of off in their mist, doing their thing. They don't really interact with humans that much. Right. This all sounds well and good, but Mike, how do they, why do they bother interacting with humans? Yeah, so they need humans to thrive, if not survive. And the hidden especially, uh, they need to balance their own psychic needs which could harm humans. You know, if they try to take the psychic energy out of uh, out of people, it could it could devastate them. Um, it's it's kind of I mean, you're going to see a lot of allusions to other um, World of Darkness games when we talk about this. But uh, in Changeling, you have um, ravaging, correct, and that that kind of can tear the uh, the glamour from individuals. The, uh, aliens can do a similar thing, or they can kind of gently draw on you like excess psychic power. So they have to balance their psychic needs with um, their belief that humanity can be uplifted and become a counterbalance to the hegemony. That's really their, their big goal. Meanwhile, the hegemony remnants in the system, because some of them survived that, that big battle around Pluto, a couple of shifts survived, and others just kind of um, are hidden away on Earth. Um, they go around, they abduct humans to drain them of their psychic energy. And they could do this with their ships, or they could just, you know, literally just grab someone in a back alley, that sort of thing. And of course, the uh, kind of overriding fear in this setting, this apocalyptic event that's incoming, is that uh, the hidden are afraid that a hegemony battle fleet is going to be coming, um, especially after the previous previous battle and the or, um, uh, yeah, exploration fleet was, was destroyed and the recovery fleet as well. So that's, that's really the big fear. But human psychics uh, are, are a big deal, and it's really easy for the aliens to find them. Human psychics can cause crop circles. They're not caused by aliens in the setting, which I find really interesting. Um, humans can have these mind storms, which cause you know weather events, uh, weather control, and can impact their surroundings. They can cause things like uh, historical thunder marks that you find and like the steps left by you know, we assumed lightning bolts, but it's really, in many, many cases, caused by these mind storms. And extraterrestrials have learned that uh, these signs um, can take them, can lead them to psychics and sensitives. Uh, it was a real 
nice little twist there that UFOs show up because of crop circles, not not crop circles and other phenomena show up because the UFOs or because the aliens caused it. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was that was that was a real nice twist. That was very it's very peak white wolf right there. Yeah, it is. It is. And that's one of the really oh, there's so many awesome ideas in this game. And it it turns a lot of things on their head with regard to like UFOlogy and and you know, I mean I guess like conspiracy theories and the like that that have existed. And yeah, after there's a mind storm, it's really a race against time to protect and save this human, the psychic, uh, from the hegemony who, you know, are out there to drain their psychic potential. And to make matters worse, you know, there's elements of the U.S. government that are now working with the hegemony, um, you know, trying to get technology, trying to get leg up, even though it's just these small minor cliques in the area. So many of the hidden cliques are trying to move psychics uh, out to Canada or Mexico. They're trying to get them outside, outside the United States. And another tidbit that I really liked and found interesting, well, actually, not sure if I want to say I like this, but so according to the book, Russia and the former USSR have no psychics and sensitives. So that's one of the, I would expect, the big meta plot mysteries that they, that they wanted to explore in the source books. Um, the unfortunate thing, of course, and this is this is peak '90s White Wolf. Uh, if you wanted to set your game in Russia, uh, I guess you can't because there's no psychics there. Thanks, Baba Yaga. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think I was wondering if that might be what they were trying to reference and trying to tie it in with the metapod. That happens a lot in this, which I think is really interesting. You know, Demon the Fallen kind of set that standard of trying to kind of unify the cosmology a lot of ways, uh, which which also Mage did, um, but but have a lot of like interesting interactions with the different kind of supernatural types and alien, the hidden also tries to do that as well. Honestly, I think that alien, the hidden kind of does it better than demon, but that's, that's my own personal bugbear. Yeah. I mean, people get into flame wars about this. You know, I've, I've made comments on the, uh, the mage, the podcast discord about, about demon and some people don't like it. They, they don't agree with the assumptions that were made, but I, yeah, yeah. Aliens, aliens got some really interesting stuff in it. And then following that up, um, we would be remiss if we didn't mention kind of the fourth faction that that exists. And they're really they're kind of the antagonist faction. There's no like player rules for them. I, I would expect there would be like a source book or something later that, that expanded them. But there are the Reptoids. And um, they, they uh, the book says that they cause cattle mutilations. So uh, is that aliens? Are they are they kind of like uh, confused with the Chupacabra? I don't know. Uh, but these lizard-like aliens were once the shock troops of the hegemony forces, but they went rogue after the Battle of Pluto. And it's rumored that they're beginning to infiltrate human society. So, yeah, really interesting stuff. We kind of set the uh, set the stage, Chig, but uh, this is a White Wolf game. And the, the best part is always the splats and the cool powers. So you want to dive into the uh, into the different types of extraterrestrials you could play? Absolutely. So the the splats, the uh, the types of alien, the ETs that you can play, uh, begin with the greys. These uh, angry guys come with the ability to change from small, non-threatening little dudes with, you know, big black eyes and kind of a little fat buggy head and a tiny little body uh, to big, tall monsters ready to kill you just right then and there. Um, mm -hmm. It's, you know, they're... Their splat ability—they're kind of the combat angry troops. 
that you do, that you see. You know, they're the yeah. they're the good guys' answers to the reptiloids. Right, right, they are, and kind of like a um, they kind of feel like the Gangrel from Vampire. I mean, they feel like all the werewolves really, um, but they're they are more in control because they don't have that kind of rage that the werewolves do. No, it's it's all you know purely uh, at command, hulking out, <laughs> mm-hmm. hulking yeah. out for humanity. Uh, next up, we have uh, the Orions. Uh, these are the rulers of the hege- hegemony. Say that three times fast. These are all gorgeous humanoids. Uh, they're easily able to blend into modern human society as they are tall, willowy, uh, with symmetrical features. It's hinted that they may have seeded the earth with life, or at least human life, uh, back in prehistory or prehistory. Yeah. Um... I don't know, Chig. Did you get any like vibes from this write up, or or was I was I just picking up on something that I shouldn't have been? Uh, they okay. So they're all. Do we want to jump tall, into this? Beautiful blonde white people, alabaster skin. people in quotes, alabaster alabaster skin, and <sighs> yeah, more perfect than everyone else. And they're in charge of things. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's. It's all it's it's like the she from Changeling just a little bit ticked up a couple extra notches because I mean you can have different you know ethnicities of she but, uh, yeah mm. yeah a little problematic it might be a little problematic we'll we'll say we'll we'll call it that problematic that's a good word I think yeah I think this was like a rough draft though so like maybe someone would have caught that you know in the final but um yeah it could have been a problem absolutely this this would absolutely have been hammered out this is two thousand and four they would have. They would have caught this. We're well past White Wolf's uh, problematic phases. <laughs> mm, I hope so. I would have hoped so. Yeah. Next up, in stark contrast to the Orions, we have the Little Green Men. Uh, the Little Green Men are hideously twisted goblinoids. Uh, they're unable to make their way unhidden in the modern world. Uh, they make great use of the befuddle ability to cloud the minds of regular mortal men. Uh, also noted that they are the undisputed masters of the technology used to move between the stars. Yeah. Chig, did you actually notice what the faster than light um, explanation was in this game? Do they even provide it? Because that's usually something that's really, usually in science fiction games, that's something that the writers love to explore. Like first thing, like, well, how does, how does faster than light work? You know, did they have a jump drive? Did they go to light speed? Did you actually explain that or cover that in the uh, manuscript? Uh, there was a lot of, you know, techno babble and gobbledygook and okay it was no worse no worse or better than uh, your average star trek episode okay so. i must have just completely zoned out while <laughs> while reading that part all right let's move on it, it was very technical your your eyes may have glazed over yeah <laughs> <laughs> but moving on uh next up uh we have the darrows uh who are angry and descended from a worker cast of the orions uh, the Darrows are the militant wing of the aliens, uh, always spoiling for a fight, but uh, they know it is best to not strike you at humanity just yet. Not until they have sufficient numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, after them, uh, we have the Ancient Aliens, uh, which is an artistic group uh, that has had the most contact with humanity throughout the centuries, uh, having come to Earth and posed as various gods and inspired the building of the pyramids the Nazca lines and many other wonders of the ancient world mm-hmm. yikes yeah that is a problem that is um 
you know, I was just saying that they might have moved past their problematic. <laughs> and and then I, the ancient aliens come up and they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Indigenous people, non-Europeans, they had to have help. So, yeah. 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 A little bit of an issue as well that they are a part of the true faith, which is all about erasure of uh, of cultures and beliefs. So that is that well, yeah, is not are, great. They are the the tip of the true faith sphere. sphere. They are. And I mean, discerning uh, Darker Days listeners and um, fans of the world of darkness would, of course, notice that this religion is called the true faith. And there are, of course, the true faith noumena powers in the world of darkness. There's nothing in this book that really ties those two together. But I think that was the authorial authorial intent was uh, to kind of link the um the true faith which you know originally and like early early vampire assumed a very christian uh stance with it you know it's all about like using your brandishing your cross to like repel a vampire but as other games came out um even actually uh, uh kindred to the east they really explained it to be all different kinds of religions um so i think that's that could have been something interesting to play with or maybe it would be problematic. I don't know. I'm not sure how you would make these guys not problematic. Moving on. Moving on. Yeah, we should move on. Uh, the last splat uh, included in uh, in the core book here are the Rods, a elusive and secretive group, uh, the lore keepers of the hidden. Uh, they appear as giant amoeba-like organisms in their natural forms. Uh, only by using the transmogrification power are they able to interact with the human world that they find themselves living on. Yeah, Chick, did you feel like um, did you feel like these guys, the, the rods, were kind of the uh, like developers' pet splat? Did you get that vibe? Um, kinda. Yeah, maybe he, maybe they had a a giant amoeba thing going on. I'm not not really sure. <laughs> no, that's that's was... not what I, that's not what I meant. But like they have, they come up all the time, you know, when they're when they're talking about like the history of the hidden, and um, also talking about like the hegemony and other things. They always bring up the rod as being, you know, uh, so important. They always use the rod in lots of examples, partially because they're weird amoeba things, and it's tough for them to, without their transmogrification, um, to interact with humans. So maybe that's maybe that's why they have to come up quite a bit. And the other thing I noticed is. Uh, when you're reading through the power section transmogrification is really overpowered it's like flesh crafting telepathy telekinesis conjuration and divination all in one package um you know for example transmogrification's three dot power lets them transmogrify they really they should have picked a different word for that lets them transmogrify into a copy of let's say they could be a copy of the u.s president and if they do so, they will know what the U.S. president would be thinking in certain situations, right? They, like, gain, because they almost become what they transmogrify well, they, into. Yeah, they, it, they get that psychic link. Exactly, so. exactly. That, dude, that's so powerful. I mean, the power does require that they either study the subject for a long time or they have to physically touch it. So, you know, uh, in, like, kind of action situations, that lets them due to like quick uh transmogrifications but uh yeah that one i, th I think that needs to be play tested a little bit more little little too much going on there well i'm not sure that this book made it to the play testing but you know uh but yeah know. yeah mean... their 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 signature power it's a bit much but without it you're just playing a blob 
So yeah, that's true. <laughs> they do have if you fail if you botch your role. Oh my gosh, that's right. Yeah, if you botch your transmog role, you like can't transform for the rest of the day or something, right? Until you rest. Yeah, it's so you're you just kind of screwed. Full rest. Yeah, you're just blobbing around at that point. So yeah. Eh. Or or you just have to always use willpower when you transmog. That might be the uh, the safest option. True. And God forbid you uh, you botch. <laughs> oh yes, it's ugh, brutal, brutal. Anyway, so let's talk about the. Uh, this is a White Wolf game, so let's talk about the cool powers. And Chig, you know, I've got a whole big block of text here, so stop me if you want to comment on anything or or bring up any points. So. Uh, I think the most basic thing is the psychic shroud. So several of the extraterrestrial species have the ability to hide their true nature from mortals and other supernatural monsters. Um, They can project a psychic illusion, making them appear human. However, psychics and the psychically sensitive uh, can sometimes pierce this. It requires a roll, um, but a regular person does not get a roll at all. Um, And also monster supernatural monsters can can make rolls too correct i I think i read that in there yeah it mentions that uh full rules for uh interaction with other splats will be included in the player's guide which of course you know we 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 didn't get because we didn't get a game but yeah yeah we we really needed the uh the the player's guide or maybe even you know the little guy that comes with the the st screen would have had some some simple crossover rules yeah but yeah Okay. Um, yeah, so so some beings are able to kind of like pierce the veil and, and get past that. However, as we kind of mentioned, you know, uh the greys, little green men, the rods, they are unable to they don't have the psychic shroud, so they can always be seen. The rods, however, they have transmogrify, so they can use that to uh you know get around things and interact with humans. So that's good. And I mean as a gray or a little green man, you can still interact, it's just more challenging. It's kind of like the Nasaratu situation you have in Vampire. You know, it's obvious in, in older editions of Vampire, it's obvious that they're not human. And that has its own drawbacks. If it's dark enough in that uh, parking garage, you know, you could just be a short guy in a uh, a big cap and sunglasses and a trench coat. You know, who knows? Who knows? No one's yeah. going to believe if if they t- if you say that you saw an alien. It's just a short guy in a trench coat and yeah. a floppy. Or hat. like in um, like what was that Lovecraft story we reviewed on that one Darker Days episode where there's the the Miguel and like the uh, the robes with the fake hands. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Whisper in Darkness. Yep, my favorite that's one. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, so, geez, I completely missed the next bullet. So the book does mention that some, you know, etherite technology uh, is able to break through the psychic shroud. So, yes, you can absolutely play They Live using etheric goggles. And I love that, uh, that little nod to that classic film. Absolutely. It's one of Chig's favorite films. Uh, I'm watching it again later this week. Holy smokes. All right. Great timing. So the uh, extraterrestrial power stat is the Orgone. Am I pronouncing that correctly? I didn't actually look up the pronunciation. Yeah, Orgone. Orgone. And this stat represents their life force and how connected they are to uh, the broader universe. Um, So it's... When I read it, it's an abstract concept. It's definitely, it's got a lot of basis in like, this is going to be a weird statement, real pseudoscience, right? It's, it's a real pseudoscience term. Um, and it feels kind of like Arate, but it's different. Uh, Chig, you're a resident uh, 
mage experts. What kind of a vibe did you get from Orgo and compared to mages Arate? Right. So Arate is more your your human creativity, your avatars. Uh, attainment of enlightenment mm-hmm. whereas orgone is more of the aliens deeper connection to the universe right so there there's some deeper underlying universal truth that all the aliens are connecting to somewhere somehow uh, and it might have something to do with human psychics. Maybe that's that's our first steps on the journey to connect to that. But uh, yeah, aliens are just so far advanced that they don't have psychics. They they are basically all psychics. Right, 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 right. So yeah, your orgone informs you uh, what your character's minimum psychic reserve is. And this is the psychic power that an alien kind of always has, always has access to. And also tells you what your maximum psychic energy is uh, and also provides your caps for like how many dots you can have and different cool powers. So psychic energy is what links the extraterrestrials and humans together. So extraterrestrials, usually um, they usually just have their psychic reserve, which is, you know, between one and five because you can have um, orgone between one and five dots. And the... Uh, Oh, I'm sorry, wait. You can have up to Orgone 10, but that's one of those things like generation, uh, how you can go up to like higher disciplines. Usually most characters only go up to Orgone 5. So your psychic, psychic reserve is usually 1 to 5, and the average human uh, just has one psychic energy. But some very special humans can have a ton of excess psychic energy. And uh, aliens can either steal psychic energy from humans or be gifted it, through uh through various acts kind of like an act of an exchange really has to occur or they can invest psychic energy uh an alien can invest psychic energy in an effort to uplift humans right and uh that investing psychic energy it's it's likened to you know a farmer planting seeds Mm mm-hmm so yeah, it's it's a, a little bit that you give away now, but down the line you can come back to this human after they've, you know, reached their full psychic maturity and you can you can reap the benefits of that. So it's not it's not entirely a selfless act, although, you know, maybe the aliens are telling the well, I mean, it's a selfless act. Here yeah, that's a good point, Jay, because the thing that's kind of implied is where are they getting the psychic energy from? They're usually not able to use much of their psychic reserve because they don't have a lot. And if they're trying to do this to a regular human, I forgot how many points they had to invest, but it was it was quite a few. Um, it's in the, in the double digits worth of points. So where are they getting this psychic energy from? Are they stealing it from other people? That's definitely what the hegemony is doing when they create one of their sensitives and the like. So it's that is an element of horror right there in the game, which I think is is kind of interesting. Yeah, we're we're not just batteries but we're kind of just batteries yeah yeah we have the potential to be more but you know from the aliens point of view yeah you could spend a couple hundred years or a couple thousand years on this planet you know really invest a lot i mean a lot of energy into us and grow us into you know another spacefaring race that could go out to the galaxy and you know join the 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 resistance or or maybe join the hegemony probably not because you know we're humans we're 
rugged individuals like that. Or, you know, you just come and, you know, drain us dry. Easy yeah. peasy. Move on to the next planet. Well, that was one of the, uh, what's, what was inferred in the history section is that there have been some, have been several species that were just, just wiped out by the hegemony and just their, their limited psychic energy was, um, was harvested. However, humans, you know, they might have more potential. They have that psychic potential that others don't have. And that's, that's what kind of makes them special in the setting. And that's why the, uh, the hidden are here, um, interacting with humans. Yeah. It's a shame what happened to Mars. They just, they just didn't have enough potential. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, uh, so the conversion, we are kind of mentioning it, but one orgone equals one psychic reserve, which equals five psychic energy maximum. That is another, they, they had to, they had to massage these terms a little bit more before this came to publication. Um, psychic reserve, you only have a limited psychic reserve as an alien, but it does recover at one point per day. So, um, that's kind of the, uh, you know, you have a, a slight recharge that can occur. But if you want to have extra psychic energy, because a lot of your powers, especially the high ends like transmogrification, befuddle, etc., they they do require a lot of psychic energy. So you want to store it either by grabbing it from humans, or being gifted it, etc. And one of the really cool, innovative things was that your psychic energy is tracked because uh, it can go up to 50, 50 dots. There's 50 dots all around the uh, edge of your character sheet, which you can fill in, which I thought was a was a clever little thing, like a like almost like a scoreboard for like Carcassonne or something. I mean, yeah, you you could fill it in, or since it's around the outside of your character sheet and it's numbered every ten of them, you could just have a a paperclip that you moved around the edge. Since you oh. know you're you're gaining and spending psychic energy, just a thought. Yeah, no, that's clever. I like that. I stole that from Deadlands. Oh, okay, awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If it works, it works. Um, oh, yeah. So here's here's another big thing, Chig. And I, I know you really like this one as well. So we're talking about rules. Alien has a really interesting fix uh, to some of the skills or uh, the abilities, I should say. So, uh, you know, in Classic World of Darkness, you have alertness and awareness. And it's always kind of an issue. You know, which is which? You know, which one is the supernatural one? Which is the mundane world? And this game actually had a really innovative, clever solution, which I really wish they'd uh, include in the other 20th anniversary games. So instead of two skills, um, you know, alertness being the mundane uh, detection skill and awareness being the, uh, the supernatural detection, Alien has three abilities. You have alertness, awareness, and psychometry. And this clears up the overlap. Uh, when there's like a border case between alertness and awareness, and also plays into uh, you know the psychic themes of Alien, because um, psychometry is dealing with extra natural things like psychics, alien space junk, you know what have you. Awareness is still the supernatural stuff. Alertness is mundane. And the other innovative thing they did is that they put each of these abilities into a different skill column you know on your character sheet you've got your talents your skills and your knowledges it puts one in each of them and that means that uh you won't have to tax yourself um i think i think uh in usual world of darkness awareness and alertness are both skill points no they're both talents, talents. they're both yeah. talents so if you want to be good at detecting things, you have to pay this huge tax. Let's say you want to put three dots in both. That's six dots. You're not going to have many 
other talents available to your character. So spreading it out like that's a way um, to give your character some more specialization, but also not tax the heck out of one of those columns. Also, uh, by adding the third skill, psychometry, as a knowledge, it means that you have to be trained before you can do it. Just like, you know, computers or law or any of the oh. other knowledges. It's not something that you can just, you know, pick up as a natural ability. So that means that first, none of the other splats are going to be able to detect your, your secret alien space junk or the psychics who live around them. But with enough time and enough training, they might be able to learn. I didn't. So. Oh, man, I didn't notice that. That's really that's super clever. I like that. Yeah, it's 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 clever. It's elegant. It it solves the problems of, you know, why haven't we heard about these guys from the other books before? It's mm -hmm. it's all right there. Yeah. Geez, that is man. I wish this game was printed this. Uh, I'm sorry. I tipped my hand. I tipped my hand. But uh, there's really exciting things in here. All right. So we've been going on for a while. Let's talk about the backgrounds a little bit. So most of them are reskinned. Um, you know, there's different details. Resources is still a thing. Contacts usually focus more on like organizations like the NSA or the uh, Defense Intelligence Agency. Allies are usually more like conspiracy theory newspapers. Um, but there are two really interesting backgrounds that are included. Uh, those are Arsenal and Void Vessel. So Arsenal was originally printed in Hunter the Reckoning, and it's probably the most innovative part of that game. You know, it gives access to guns uh, for the characters, and if you have five dots in uh, Arsenal, you can get a tank, maybe. But in Alien the Hidden, it measures how many people you can arm with your alien weaponry. So uh, for one dot, it's just you. You've got, like, your... Uh, uh, what was that thing in Men in Black? The, uh, the noisy the cricket. The noisy cricket. There we go. Yeah, two dots. You can equip three people. Three dots. It's uh, the player group. So your your clique or maybe a small organization that uh, your character just kind of has in the background. And at five dots, you can equip a small army. So that's like that's pretty cool. And it kind of plays into some of the more like epic uh, gameplay that you could have against the uh, hegemony forces in uh in this game honestly um i've been a, a vocal opponent of the arsenal background in hunter because mm -hmm. it's just pure cheese and goes against the regular folk fighting the supernatural idea of that game but uh here in alien the hidden uh, i see what it was meant for this is this is absolutely the best implementation of this background that i've seen in any white wolf game yeah yeah arsenal is really cool and, of course, we have the Void Vessel, uh, which is really interesting, but it says that you need to have this, the Alien Storyteller's Handbook to get the full rules, which, of course, we know was never written. So that's kind of a bummer. But um, the Void Vessel background does give you some descriptions of what the different dots mean. So uh, for one dot, you have a, uh, a single-person vessel, which is capable of only sub-solar travel. And... Um, I mean, I guess it can it can take off and and make it out of atmosphere, right? Well, sure. You begin in atmosphere, so you have to be able to return to atmosphere, right? I guess. I mean, that's pretty sweet for a for a one dot little ship. So that's good. Uh, for three dots, uh, you have a, sh a ship that can be crewed by your entire party, the entire clique. Uh, for four dots, uh, you have a ship that has jump capability, 
So you can leave the solar system at four dots, and that's pretty cool. And five dots, uh, your ship can make instantaneous jumps. And it says, this is classic White Wolf right here, it kind of just hints that maybe your ship might even be capable of time travel. Well, I thought that was talking about, you know, time dilation, since you're, you're jumping across the universe to, you know, wherever you're going. You're not going to show up where Alpha Centauri was six, six years ago. That wouldn't help anything. I did. I misread that. I might have. I thought it was like a I thought it was hinting at like a Star Trek uh, Star Trek four. Oh, situation. I mean, I, or maybe, I, could also, I could also be wrong. Or maybe uh, in Superman when he flies around the sun and saves Lois Lane. If you yes, if you fly your five dot void vessel around the Earth counterclockwise enough times, it will go back in time. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's it's a real shame that we didn't get the uh, the storyteller's handbook because I would be interested to see how how those rules would work out. Uh, you know, maybe you could pool your dots to get uh, a common resource. You know, so you know instead of having just a bunch of little X wings or you know the whole group gets a, a nice big Millennium Falcon or something mm-hmm. with you know cool you know arsenal weaponry or defenses or all kinds of fun stuff. Who knows? Oh, that's a good idea. If you could like mix backgrounds, you spend arsenal dots to uh, improve your ship. Um, you you spend allies dots to get like extra crew. That could be a cool system. Yeah, it'd be kind of like um, oh, what are they for uh, for mage? Um, not horizon. Your, your chantry. Yeah, your chantry. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No, that's cool. Man. Yeah, I was thinking like uh, yeah, havens as well. There there are some rules for uh, communal dots for communal havens and the like. Uh, that might be Vampire the Requiem. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, dear listeners. Join our Discord. Anyway, that's pretty much it for the cool rules that I had written down. Chig, was there anything else that kind of stood out to you about the powers and, and that kind of stuff? No, you really covered the uh, the main main points really concisely there. So, Yeah, thanks. So what do you think about Alien the Hidden? Do you have any any story ideas for the game or... Anything that you would you would do if you were to run this game? Yeah, uh, I mean, I haven't put a whole lot of thought into what game I would run because, like, I don't think I could. Maybe in the future when I can have like people together, I'd be able to run this because you know I can't. We can't stream it. We can't stream this game. It would cause too many legal issues. Um, but I am overall very surprised, pleasantly surprised by the content. Of this book because you know this is 2004 they could have ripped a lot of plots from the x-files you know alien colonization hybrids all that kind of stuff but white wolf decided to go a very different route this book feels a lot more mysterious despite revealing a lot of truths in the history section and it's it's really rough around the edges there's a lot of explanations which, which are kind of contradictory and it kind of some things just they just don't kind of mesh things are uh non-cohesive and it gives it a real like coast to coast am broadcast kind of feel you know i feel like when i'm reading this book i feel like i'm I'm listening to art bell you know what i mean chig i get what you're saying um i didn't get the whole art bell thing myself i I saw the the contradictions and the the different points of view more as just you know in character beliefs rather than Mm. actual you know capital t truth right but uh but yeah, I mean, it's 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 White Wolf 
it's the early 2000s. They're going to have groups who believe A and groups who believe anti-A, and they can't both be right. But then again, it's Wyatt Wolf, so maybe they can. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, what did you think of the whole like psychic alien crossover angle? Because that is something that I hear a lot. When, when I'm researching uh, secret frequencies, I do frequently listen to old Coast to Coast AM episodes, and they are bonkers crazy. And that's a real running theme is that there is these special people that either were psychics and interact with aliens or they interact with aliens and become psychics. And that, that seemed to be something that they're really going for, that White Wolf was going for in this game. Um, so I was wondering like, what you kind of thought about that. I thought that it was a, a nice addition to the World of Darkness. The World of Darkness technically already has a psychic splat, uh, the sorcerers who work for the technocracy. Uh, that's often one of the ways that they go. Um, it's a it's a, a whole whole branch of Numina is psychic powers, right? But this is definitely not that. Uh, it's a whole brand new thing where, rather than just you know, you have one dot in start fire or you have two dots in you know lift rock, it's it's more a a deeper connection to reality hmm. is what the aliens bring to us. Right. When they when they when they harvest our psychic energy, they they reveal to us some of the the deeper secrets of the the the, the hidden universe. Yeah. So so from one point of view, that could be awesome. That could be you know universal brotherhood, you know truth and love and peace and kindness amongst the stars. But from another point of view, that could be you know dread Azathoth, the nuclear chaos at the heart of the universe cares not for you mm. one day cthulhu will rise all will be all will be lost nothing means anything so it really depends on which direction they were going to go with that yeah. knowing knowing white wolf and you know since it is a game of cosmic horror i'm, I'm leaning toward the latter but it would have been surprising pleasantly surprising <clears throat> to see them go toward the uh the universal brotherhood kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I, we don't know. You know, the whole concept of the um, uplifting sounds very positive. It would be very interesting if that was the storyteller's secret. You know, the, the terrible secret of space was that space is terrible and maybe we didn't want to be uplifted. Maybe ignorance was bliss. Yeah, I could see it going either way, but we'll never know. We'll never know. And yeah, I think the other uh, uh, kind of story concept that I really liked about Alien is that um, it works really well with Mage the Ascension, you know, with the uplifting and the like. But there's other metaplot elements that seem to cross over well, as we mentioned with other games. So, you know, does Russia lack psychics because of Baba Yaga? Maybe. You know, if the hidden were to, to go loud, to go out of hiding and reveal themselves to the masses, what kind of backlash would there be? Would it be basically a paradox backlash? Uh, I think that's really conceptually interesting and um, makes the game pretty cool and work well with World of Darkness. And it just occurred to me, what would the werewolves think of these other planets? Do the other, well, I mean, the other planets in our system, of course, have Incarna, mm. but is there are there are there other Gaias out there that they could you know 
give up on ours and go protect. <laughs> I mean, Maybe. who knows? Hmm. That's an interesting crossover. Did you know that? I'm sure you, you picked up on this, but uh, it seems like the aliens always bypassed the moon. They never set up bases there. They never landed there. It's something that they always went past. What'd you think about that? You know, in the context of, say, changeling, werewolf? Well, I mean, yeah, you can't land on the moon. That's where Arcadia is, obviously. Yep. <laughs> How convenient. But no, it's good that the uh, the writers were paying attention to that. So pretty neat stuff. All right, Jake, let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, would you play Alien the Hidden? Uh, at my table with my group, I absolutely would. I think they would dig it. Uh, the themes, the, the, the chronicle ideas, 100%. Uh, unfortunately, like you said before, due to various legal issues, we wouldn't be able to actually stream this or play it online in any yep. way. But but yes, for my, my personal group at home, 100% would. Yes. Awesome. How about you? Yeah, I already tipped my hand. Uh, definitely. This is uh, this is really interesting. Uh, if we can get some players together sometime in the future, that would be awesome. But, um, you know, I, I mean, it's a shame that it, it never came out. Um, I would tell people don't don't bother White Wolf, don't bother Onyx Path, don't start a writing campaign to Rich Thomas telling him to make 20th anniversary Alien the Hidden. That's that's not appropriate. Let's we just wanted to share this as a as a relic of the past of something that could have been if the world of darkness continued. Yeah, we uh, we hope you all enjoyed our review, and we will catch you next time. But until then, Mike, where can our devoted listeners find us? Well, they can find us at our website which is darker-days.org. You can find all the episodes of Dark Days Radio, including our very famous horror heartbreakers from the last uh, two years, which are really great. We covered Nightbane and Nightlife. How? Look at that. They, they rhymed. Um, in addition to that, you can find us at facebook.com slash darkerdaysradio. Uh, we are on Twitter at darkerdaysradio. And we have many other places you can find us, like Instagram, Tumblr, On Tabletop, YouTube, Twitch, and of course, we have our uh, super fun Discord server with a link in the show notes. Uh, and I do want to mention that, uh, of course, our Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay stream is going on strong. And we're also going to be starting an Iron Kingdoms role-playing game stream, which is going to be on the Darker Days uh, Twitch. So pay attention to our Twitter and our Discord and Facebook, and we'll have links to that when we uh, are about to go live. You can check that out because uh, Iron Kingdoms is super rad. And I think that's it for this episode. And uh, Chig, really, it was a lot of fun covering uh, Alien the Hidden with you. And uh, I hope uh, listeners enjoyed it and thought it was uh, it was interesting. And to all the listeners out there, take it easy and have a good night. Stay safe and watch the skies. This has been an episode of Darker Days Radio. Special thanks to Occam's Laser for the intro, outro, and new bumper music from their hit album, Nine Circles. Check out the rest of their work at occamslaser.bandcamp.com. Occam's Laser.